welcome to episode three, the final episode in our trilogy of Insight Invites, a brand new Premier Guaranteed podcast dedicated to keeping you informed, engaged and up to date on the key issues our industry faces. In this podcast series, we have and we will hear further from a range of experts as we discuss the Building Safety Act, its scope and just how it will affect you. The Building Safety Act has been described as the biggest change in safety legislation our industry has seen in a generation. So whether you are a developer, builder, new homeowner, contractor, surveyor, architect, or indeed member of the public, this act will impact you. The question is, how ready are you? The first instalment of this series discussed the Building Safety Act's regulatory teeth. The second episode, the legal bite. And in this third episode, we will try to digest what we know and what we were doing about it. So with that in mind, we have brought together two leading minds from the compliance and regulatory world to offer you, the listener, further insight into what is heading our way over the coming months. The first of our guests is Matt Shum. Matt has been described as having an encyclopedic mind when it comes to all things regulations, one to avoid at cocktail parties, you might think. Having initially been at the coalface of building control as an assistant through to area surveyor, Matt moved on to specialist regulatory and research roles with another large warranty provider, building control body and membership organisation. He's currently sharing his vast knowledge and experience with Premier Guarantee colleagues and the wider construction industry. Welcome, Matt. Hello. Our second guest, Dave Aitchison, is likewise a senior figure with Premier Guarantee as he is head of building control. With experience in both the public and private sectors, Dave provides a great perspective in terms of how the building control sector has continually evolved and adapted over the past 20 years. He also heads up a very experienced team at Premier Guarantee as the building control team manage projects of all types and scales across England and Wales. From low rise residential to complex multi-million pound mixed use schemes in some of our largest cities. A warm welcome to both Matt and Dave. So Matt, now we've given you the, the big introduction and encyclopedic mind and all the rest of it, we're going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, so we'll start with you, if we may. Uh, the Building Safety Act focuses heavily on competence and accountability. Are you able to briefly provide an overview how the building control industry is working towards both of those? And what are the key timeframes? Yeah, um, I think it's um, important to step back a little bit on this one um, because there are two sides to this. And it's important to note that it will cover everyone eventually. So we're not just talking about competence of building control professionals. Um, we're talking about everybody that has an impact and works on any of those buildings. Um, so for those carrying out work, um, Section 35 of the Building Safety Act amends the Building Act and will allow regulations to be made covering those undertaking work. So there will be regulations made for principal designers, contractors and clients. Um, similar roles you may notice to the CDM regulations. Um, it's not going in the CDM regulations, it's going to be separate. Um, we don't know much detail about this at the moment, so that's something that will come. Uh, they are working through it, uh, but it's something to bear in mind. Now, alongside that, 
obviously if we, we're looking at competence of everyone um we're looking at competence of building control as well so um for the first time in legislation as such um there will be requirements for competence of building control now for this part of it the building safety act has inserted um two new sections or will be inserting two new sections into the building act um, first is 46A, um, which covers local authorities, and they will be known as building control um, authorities going forward when undertaking a building control function. Um, and the other one is 54B, and this is for approved inspectors that will be known as registered building control approvals. These both go into the Building Act, and what they introduce is this concept of restrictive activities and functions. What these are, are certain activities or, or functions that only someone who is known as a registered building inspector will be able to undertake. So these two sections will allow the government to make uh, regulations that stipulate what activities and what functions need to be undertaken by a registered building inspector. For registered building control approvers, it's going to be things like undertaking site inspections, undertaking plans assessment, um, which are the activities, and issuing notices, which are the restricted functions. Um, so that, that's that's where the restriction will come from. Um, so we've got this um, new term, registered building inspector. That's a protected profession. As a registered building inspector, you'll be the one that is responsible and undertaking restricted activities and functions, and you can't do those things without being registered. So that, that's the way it's going to work. The second part to that is there's a whole new part 2A being inserted into the Building Act for oversight of registered building inspectors, but oversight of the whole building control industry. So um, RBIs, registered building inspectors are just one part of that. And this inserts new sections 58A to 58Z10. Um, so there's quite a lot in there. But as we say, it establishes uh, registered building inspectors as protected profession and gives the regulators oversight of everybody, the registration, and everything else so and, and and that's where that all sits so what we've had proposed from the building safety regulator is that there will be four classes of um, registered building inspector and you'd need to be registered for the type of work that you're undertaking relevant to the the class level so that they're split up into levels we've got four the proposal is basically class one will be trainee and that's someone working under supervision. Class two will be registered building inspector and that's general work so that will cover everything. So if you are under that level as registered building inspector you should be able to undertake everything with exceptions. That leads me on nicely to class three which is registered building inspector specialist or complex. The, the class three is a special designation to do high-risk buildings, complex buildings. It's not overly clear at the moment what it will be but it certainly will be for the high-risk buildings for those over 18 meters with the residential uses etc so you need to be class three to do that and the fourth one is managerial but again not 100 percent sure um we're still waiting for the um framework to come out so that that's due the end of april um and it will, it will basically confirm what we're looking at and as part of this, there's, there's a lot of work that's been undertaken over the last few years. And it's leading up to the registration of building inspectors and, and the change to the system. Um, and there are some organisations that have been working to develop competence routes and confirmation of competence. We've got four routes that are currently in preparation on the cusp of being approved or completely there. The first is the Building Safety Competence Foundation. 
this is it's more like a written assessment um so it, it's what you traditionally know as a, an exam route it's not an exam it's an assessment but you'd sit in the room and, and you'd write about uh, or, or answering questions and you'd be assessed in that way for the level of class that you're looking for the second is the chartered association of building engineers and we'll group it with the third which is the building control competency assessment uh, these two routes are more of a portfolio-based uh, route. Uh, so you demonstrate your competence through examples and a portfolio, um, picking out the things that that will be assessed that way. And the fourth route, not a lot of detail on this at the moment. We're not 100% sure how long it will be there for, what, what, what it will entail, but it will be a direct application to the building safety regulator itself. Um, we have heard mumblings that might just be for the initial thing until the schemes are fully embedded but we don't know it might be something that continues forwards um and i think that uh kind of kind of covers competency in the bubble there yeah i mentioned encyclopedic mind so wikipedia comes to mind as well in there matt so thank you very much for covering that in such, such depth and such ground and mentioning sections and all the rest of it let's hope it's all right then <laughs> <laughs> Dave, just, just moving on to you on on that. Uh, one of the areas Matt did cover was the classes of uh, building control professionals. Yeah. So can you sort of, in a bit more detail, probably as you're at the call face on a day-to-day basis, sort of outline those four classes and explain the types of projects as much as anything that uh, those BC professionals will be able to cover. And, and again, within that, I know there are lots of timeframes, but sort of outline any timeframes that uh, those professionals and, and we as an industry need to be aware of as part of that. Yeah, sure. No probs. Yeah. So it seems that um, we, we had the consultation period on the um, on the BICOF uh, building inspector competence. And it, it seems that the building safety regulator has taken a lot of the feedback they've received in that consultation period, which was a very positive feedback, I would add. Uh, but it seems that they've taken that uh, those consultation responses on board um, and, and they're going to um, not only have the four classes of red registration, but it appears as though that they're going to um, subdivide some of these classes, um, introducing some specifics on project types, as, as Matt alluded to there, and some of the activities as well that uh, registered building inspectors will undertake w- within those competency classes. So we, we, th- we, we think that's going to be confirmed uh, later this month on, on the first edition of the release. And so as Matt mentioned, yeah, so he, he touched upon the four classes there and, and, and what they will mean to us as a building control body. Uh, so class one for us, assistants and associates. So this is, I think this is really targeted at, at uh, those uh, beginning their journey towards becoming a registered building inspector. I think for us, Martin, that would be uh, aimed at our, our apprentices, our four apprentices, we, we, we feel as I would put forward uh, for this class. So they're starting out in the industry. Uh, they're not quite yet ready to to undertake the class two uh, as yet, but they, they are they can undertake some functions under supervision as well. So that would be something that we'll be looking into. In terms of class two and standard, this is with it being such a wide ranging class, we we welcome the fact that the building safety regulator look as though they're going to break this down and subdivide this into specific areas and activities. The class three, uh, the specialist uh, building inspector. Someone in this class responsible for what's termed non-standard buildings or high-risk buildings or, or both. And again, as class two, it's likely to be subdivided with, with some definitions of non, non-standard and different project types 
uh, and then building inspector managers just to reflect the fact that there are managers who have the technical competencies of class two and three but also management responsibility as well and this is really aimed at technical uh, management rather than administration so I think to help with these classes we're also expecting the building and safety regulator to um, release some supplementary guidance alongside the competency framework and that's going to help individuals identify not only the registration class appropriate for them but also by use of their own skills knowledge and experience so the wide range of projects that they are competent to work on within that class and the building safety regulator are going to have the ability to restrict individuals to certain types of projects and looking at this, I think this is a really welcome approach for us at Premier Guarantee, as it really it builds on um, some of the work that we've put in here uh, in terms of our own competency and, and operational policies that we currently have in place, whereby currently our surveyors are limited to certain project types. And for us being a largely residential sector, so we have surveyors looking at dwellings uh, for site inspection, and then we have surveyors, um, project managers, building control project managers, looking at the uh, non-residential projects or um, what would be now known as high-risk buildings. Uh, and, and the activities as well, Martin, because we have dedicated plan checkers here that spend a lot of time plan checking. That's their speciality. And it, it is a completely different role, of course, to site inspection. So I think that's going to be recognised. So that really is a welcome approach for us and, and no doubt of a building control bodies in the industry as well. You mentioned design skills there, uh, Martin, just to confirm. Yeah, that. sorry. Uh, yeah, the do. register it is going to be open from October um, and there is a legal requirement by April 2024. So for any individual carrying out those restricted functions that Matt mentioned there, plan assessment, site inspection and issuing notices, um, that would be the deadline uh, at that point. Um, I think there the will need to be a focus in October on the registration of those class three individuals, because um, when that um, when the gateway two kicks in uh, in October, the, the, the building safety regulator are going to, to need that resource uh, straight away. So I expect maybe a, a focus on class three initially. You've both mentioned HRBs or high risk buildings, uh, and I know it's something you and the Premier Guarantee team cover. Uh, so this one's really for you, Dave. What is your main advice? Because I know you do a lot of, of client meetings and client contact, etc. What's your main advice in, to clients in this sector? Sort of how how do they need to respond? How are we responding? It's obviously a key part of our business offer. It is. You're quite right, Martin. Yes. Yeah. So it's um, it's really twofold for us. This it, it's how we're responding uh, as a building control body. Uh, how how we're looking forward as a building control body. And then the, the other aspect is, is, is how we're um, how we're assisting our, our customers with it. So in terms of us as a building control body, we, we are preparing ourselves to take part in, in the regime for high risk buildings. Obviously, we're no longer able to be the building control body uh, on those projects, but we are looking to play a part. And there is an opportunity there for us to play a part. So we're looking forward to putting forward our surveyors to achieve the, the class three uh, we mentioned with the intention for them to be registered as soon as that register opens we can we can start that process and we aim to support the building safety regulator 
there as part of their multidisciplinary teams for plan checking and site inspections. So the work we're having to do, the work we have done, part of that is identifying and measuring the skills, experience and knowledge of our workforce, carrying out the additional training where necessary to prepare ourselves. The other aspects you mentioned and asked about there, Martin, is the clients and our current clients that deal with high-risk buildings. Um, so we've really taken the approach here by working uh, with the HSE and the building safety regulator. We've sat on meetings with them and monitored their updates. From there, we've fed back to customers following the release of details and changes. So that could be, has been small scale presentations and workshops. But we've also had great support from our marketing team to help us reach a wider audience as well. So that's really been through our blogs, resources, both on our website and LinkedIn. And there's been this series of Insight podcasts, of course. And that's been focusing on some of the wider implications of the Building Safety app as well. Not to mention our recent Insight conference where we brought together a panel of industry experts and that included the new Building Safety Regulator as well. So in terms of uh, client-facing communication has been the, the main aspect there for us and keeping customers up to date the best we can. Yeah, I'll concur with that and give a round of applause or pat on the back to our marketing team as part of that. We've been pretty active on that. And I think that that's beholden on us to, to help clients through it because it, it is a journey between the two of us. So there's lots of activity going on. We're talking about timeframes as part of that activity, Matt, in terms of there are these definite sort of lines in the sand. This really, as I've got it, it's three milestones. is is now until October 23. Second one is October 23 to 22. 24 April and then April 24 onwards. What are the key things that people need to be looking out in, in those timeframes? Yeah, there's lots of things happening and on many different streams. From now to October, there's a couple of things that are happening. The Building Safety Act covers quite a lot and there's an awful lot in there that's yet to be commenced and is coming through and trickling through. But when we're talking about the key things, the main thing for anyone listening who is responsible for HRBs from now until October, existing buildings need to be registered and by the accountable person. That's for a HRB. The deadline for that is the 1st of October, and I believe it's, uh, it's about £250 fee for registration. So that's that's one of the key things up until October in preparation of the new regime of everything transferring over to the BSR for high-risk buildings. And I'll, I'll just put out the campaign website for that is buildingsafety.campaign gov.uk and that's .gov.uk. I say if you're responsible for them and you think you might be an accountable person, any existing HRB, just go to that website because you will need to register that building so the regulator is aware of everything and the stock that's out there. For us personally, from now to October, as we've uh, alluded to earlier on, the BICOF, the Building Inspector Competence Framework, is due to be published for its initial stage and we're expecting that by the end of April so we're, we're awaiting that to find out what the final details are and then we're working towards registration of all our staff as registered building inspectors. Alongside that we're also waiting for details of the professional conduct rules and code of conduct and everything else and that will help us register as a registered building control approver. So we're looking at the same time frames. Now the registers for both of those are expected to open on the 1st of October, which then brings me on to your, your second date there, Martin, which is the 1st of October. So we, we can start registering staff and hopefully start registering as a RBCA, which is the new name for approving inspector, as I say, from that date. Now, the deadline that we've been given for that is six months from the 1st of October. So that's to the 1st of April next year or 
April next year, the exact date. Um, so it gives us six months period to get all the staff registered or get all the surveyors registered and register ourselves as a registered building control approver. Um, as I say, up to that, that final date, which is the deadline from next April. By that point, we will need to be registered as an RBCA. The BSR will obviously become the building control body for high-risk buildings. So we won't be doing them directly anymore. However, the BSR will need support from other providers and other registered building inspectors. That may well be local authority, but it may well be that um, they take that advice from us for the HRBs. Um, but in any case, as Dave alluded to, the class three registration, that there will be surveyors in Premier Guarantee that will be class three to offer support and advice on that and cover other types of complex buildings that don't necessarily fit into that HRB definition that go above that level. So we are positive and hoping that we will be able to support the um, regulator going forwards and be able to draw on our expertise there. One thing I will mention is we haven't got the details yet. Um, we only know the proposals and the consultation that's gone through on existing projects that are registered with us, but it's all pointing to signs that, that yeah, we'll, we'll be able to continue with them, albeit for a transitional period. So um, if you do have an existing um, HRB with us, yeah, it'll be absolutely fine. We'll be able to continue with that and complete it but we're still awaiting final details on that thanks matt one of the things at the recent building safety regular conference in london was mentioned and we might go back to hrbs again was the removal of choice which i think one thing we've just discussed in terms of the deadline there in terms of october so this one's really aimed at dave um so for hrbs how are premier guarantee preparing for the changes ahead and really what's your message to the listeners who may be slightly apprehensive particularly in the hr hrb market in terms of those changes yeah i can understand some apprehension to an extent martin because there is significant change here that we're dealing with and people are bound to be worried about um delays as a result of changes and and there is and I can understand there is some concern about resources around the building safety regulator, how they're going to get through this um, large volume of work that's coming their way. I think that's why it will be important, as Matt said, about the um, transitional periods. Uh, so we're waiting with a keen eye on that for, for confirmation. And also <clears throat> that those um, registration of the class three surveyors as well uh, to, to help deal with this volume of work. Uh, however, although there is that apprehension, the building safety regulator, when when questioned about this at the recent conference and, and other presentations as well, they've, they've been quite clear that for Gateway 2 and Gateway 3 applications, providing the prescribed documents are in place as part of those applications, the required declarations of compliance and confirmations on the approach to compliance, providing they're in place, that the, the delays, the 12 week period at Gateway 2 or Gateway 3, the delays will not occur uh, on their part. So um, they seem fairly confident of that, which is a good thing. And, and we know as well, we, we, we know some of the apprehension is around provision of information at Gateway 2, because we know in the, re in, in the real world here that not all technical information is available prior to commencement that's that's our experience as a building control body as well we run trackers for these types of projects and uh, we're not clearing all tracker items prior to commencement there, there is a level of information that's conditioned uh, in effect uh, for later provision yeah so get an example of that and an example the building safety regulator used at the the recent conference was uh, the provision of information on sprinkler systems 
whereby we don't have full technical details. And I would add to that as well, uh, smart ventilation systems, CFD analysis. Not all of this information uh, is available upfront. So it's important that they, they confirm that conditional approvals are available uh, at Gateway 2. Uh, and these will be um, have a, a target in terms of a specified date or a staging work. Uh, the difference being that if you're not able to achieve that target, then works will not be able to continue on site. Um, so that, that is an important factor, I think. As, f- as far as we're concerned at uh, Premier Guarantee, uh, like we say, we can no longer be the building control body for high-risk buildings, but we do feel there is this opportunity for us to play a part in the new regime. We'll support our surveyors achieving the Class 3 competence level and registering uh, to work with a BSR as part of their multidisciplinary teams. And we feel as our surveyors can continue to support customers as well, where, where we're not part of the multidisciplinary team. And I'd say particularly at Gateway 2 applications, I think it would be important for building control bodies to still have an input here, uh, whether that be plan checking or workshops, uh, ad- advising on compliance, therefore supporting customers with the completion uh, of applications, the prescribed documents and those statements of compliance as well. Uh, so we we look forward to, to playing that slightly new role as a building control body. So we look forward to taking part in that. Thanks, Dave, for that. Yeah, I, I think one of the themes that we've discussed on previous podcasts as well is it's just the, the early engagement with clients. We're very much up for that, uh, and clients should be as well. And keeping those lines of communication going at, at the present time, it's really important to discuss projects, and, and the earliest opportunity we can discuss those, the better from our perspective. That, so, that's right, Martin. I think in the past we've had more of a linear approach to, to the building regulations and compliance, whereby... Uh, we're gaining our planning permission and then considering building regs compliance. But now, as you rightly say, building regulations needs consideration up front. We saw that with Gateway 1. And there's so many aspects now to the building regulations that has a material impact on building design and planning permission. So the sooner you get in touch with your building control body, whether that be those workshops we mentioned, plan checks, some of the preliminary designs. It is the best approach now. Get in touch with building control, even pre-planning, I would say. Thanks, Dave. So finally, Matt and Dave, you'll you'll be pleased to hear probably because you've been on the spot for quite some time. Uh, We will let you have the final word, even though I say that knowing that I will have the final word, but I'll say say this so far. What advice would you give to our listener or our listeners the builders, developers, contracts, everyone affected by this act. I'll leave that to you first, Matt. I'll let you go first on this one. Um, I, I think the thing is, is just engage, be prepared and be ready. Changes will be coming through, but just make sure you engage with them. And if you leave it to the last minute, it, it's going to cause you problems. But, you know, if you start to be aware of what's happening and listening to this is one of those uh, first steps. <laughs> Um, if, if you don't know uh, what's uh, coming up, there's plenty of information out there. And what I would say is just just ask. If any of our customers are out there, they, they can just ask us and, and we can provide more information. Thanks, Matt. Over to you, Dave, on that one. Yeah, I would just echo that, those, those thoughts from Matt there. I think communication is the key here. Engagement with your building control body and, and working together, really, because it's two-way street, the communication with customers, because we're, we're learning much more from from our customers as well and that that's helped us uh, formulate some of our consultation responses for example and getting their point of view as well and their concerns um yes yeah, just communication keep in touch and keep talking thanks dave i will keep talking i'm coming towards the end 
Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. This series of podcasts has very much been an expansion on the knowledge shared at Premier Guarantee's last Insight Conference. We are delighted to now confirm that tickets are now on sale for our next event on September the 26th in London. This event will focus further on the Building Safety Act, as well as Net Zero, the Golden Thread and the Future Home Standard 2025. If you would like to get your hands on tickets, all of the details can be found on all of Premier Guarantee's social channels, or you can inquire by emailing marketing at premierguarantee.co.uk. An enormous thank you to our guests, Matt Shum and Dave Acheson for sharing their time and insight. That brings us to the end of this series of Insight Invites podcasts, but with still so much happening within our sector, we think we have a bit of a rocky franchise on our hands. So do keep a lookout and listen for possibly another sequel or two. If you wish to learn more about the Building Safety Act and indeed other industry updates, you can do so by subscribing to Insight, Premier Guarantee's hub of knowledge and expertise. The link can be found on our website and social media channels. Finally, thank you, the listener, for listening. This has been Insight Invites. Mm-hmm.